0: Hey everyone, my name is Nathan Forster, and I'm asking the big questions of authors and activists, scholars and survivors, poets and priests, therapists and theologians, and basically everyone in between. This will be a resource for people who, deep in their bones, think that surely God's kingdom is deeper and wider than the box we've sometimes put it in. And so what better way to discover this than by learning people's stories and their specialities in order that we deepen and widen our perspective on faith, community, society and life. So journey with me as we go deeper and wider. Any good scholar of the New Testament will tell you that around the time of Jesus... There was an expectation in the air from the Jewish people longing for someone that they called their Messiah, their Liberator, a person who would come and set them free from the rule of the Roman Empire and establish God's kingdom through them to rule over all the nations. And part of this expectation was that when this Messiah, this Liberator, This leader to come, that he would come to overthrow the Roman Empire and establish God's kingdom through a violent overthrow of Rome. In other words, there would be blood and their enemies would pay. So then along comes Jesus, doing miracles, challenging the religious and political structures of his day, and in all ways declaring in word and deed that he is the Messiah, the Liberator, their Ruler. But with one major difference. Instead of using violence to overthrow Rome, he acts as a non-violent Messiah and says that it is love, including enemy love, that will defeat Rome and all the powers of evil. And when he calls people to join him, he doesn't tell them to pick up their sword, but to love their enemies. And I quote from Jesus himself, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This would have been a staggering claim. And guess what? Today, it still is. It's so staggering that we struggle to take it in. And it raises many questions for followers of Jesus today. What are we to make of Jesus' commands to love our enemies? And what implications does that have for us as Christians? And so today we're going to have a conversation that tackles some of the big questions when it comes to the non-violence of Jesus and its implication for his followers. In doing so, we're going to hear from Jared McKenna. Pastor and author Brian Zahn says this of Jared McKenna, that, and I quote, he has the keen mind of a theologian, the warm heart of a pastor, and the dauntless courage of an activist. And as a skilled communicator, all three of these attributes are evident as he seeks to form people in Christ-like peacemaking. I have the highest respect for Jared McKenna and his work. That's what Brian Zahn Says of our guests today. Jared's non violent activism has twice been awarded the Quaker's Donald Groom Peace Fellowship. He is the founding CEO of Common Grace, which is a movement of over 45,000 Christians in Australia working for beauty, generosity, and justice in the public square. He is also the co initiator of Love Makes a Way for refugees, which has become the largest faith based civil disobedience movement in Australia's history. He is the former National Advisor for Faith and Activism for World Vision Australia and for over 15 years has shared his home with refugees, people returning from prison and those doing it tough in the context of two neo-monastic communities including First Home Project, which assists refugees and asylum seekers to find housing and employment. As we have this conversation today, we'll hear his story and explore questions like what is nonviolence actually? What is nonviolence trying to achieve? What does nonviolence look like on the ground? What do we do with the larger questions of nonviolence as it pertains to problems in the world? What are the different forms of nonviolence that exists in the world and more? Now, before we go into today's episode, just a couple of things. Firstly, this conversation went for nearly 2 hours. So what we're going to do is we're going to split this conversation into two episodes. But instead of our listeners needing to wait two weeks to hear part two of this conversation, we're going to release part two next week. So be on the lookout. Secondly, I want to paint the setting of this conversation. You're going to hear the sounds of insects, and at times you're going to hear Jared's dog, Archie, barking in the background. That's because we are sitting outside, under the stars, in darkness, allowing the bush, the moon, the stars to minister to us as we talk about the way of love, the way of nonviolence. So, enjoy part one of two of my conversation with my friend, Jared McKenna, as we talk about Jesus and the way of nonviolence.
1: So tell our listeners about yourself. What's your faith journey?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: nice, easy one to start with.
3: Well, it's, I mean, it's funny, th- like, being out underneath the stars. Stars mm-hmm. are actually really important yeah. to me. Um, apparently, as a kid, I wouldn't go to sleep unless mum and dad took me outside uh to say night Night moon. Did you see that shooting star?
1: No, I missed
0: it. Ah. Oh,
3: um man. to say night Night moon, um, night Night stars, and apparently yes. um that's where my first uh protesting started was. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and and faith journey started with um there's not many clouds tonight, but, um, mm. you know, when there was clouds and you couldn't see the stars talking about what's there, even though you can't see it mm. and you can still say goodnight to the moon and stars, even though you can't see them. Wow. Um, and that they're still there, even though something's getting away. And Nath, I reckon there's something about, um, Faye and Bernie McKenna and mm. being held in their arms while standing on Noongar Buddha, um mm. Noongar land, where, where I've grown up and my dad migrated to and my um, mum migrated to um, from the other side of this vast continent. That um, That safe embrace of being in my parents' arms while looking up at the stars and that sense of wonder. Mm um If people aren't listening to this while driving and if it is nighttime, there are some conversations that I think happen better underneath the stars yes. you know these these ancient lights of um, that have traveled so far mm. and and what it is to find ourselves as a very fragile and small part of... The dance of all of life mm. and yet being held as precious and sacred and mm. my faith journey has been connecting as a child while being held in the arms of loving parents mm. um close to the heartbeat. Of, of someone bigger than myself and yes. connecting that feeling of intimacy and vulnerability and vastness and wonder. Mm. Um, and there's a very, like, you, you know, they, they talk about um, the, the Hebrew word for fear, can also be translated awe.
1: Yes, that's right. It's
3: um, so the fear of God yeah. is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, and look, I can understand to some people's life experience how that can be heard in ways that are pretty terrifying. Hmm. Um, and yet what it is to be held in ways that you're, you're loved yes. and full of awe and to look up at the stars and uh, and to know that wonder, awe mm. of God is the beginning of wisdom. Yes. And um, as a as a kid with dyslexia and ADD who uh, was bright but did incredibly poor at school, I um, had a deep sense of there was something Wrong mm. with me, uh, oh yeah. and it was looking out again at the stars yeah. in my early teens, and you know the, the the sounds that accompany silent nights which aren't silent they they're full of the yes the worship and the, the wonder and the lament and the the cries of all of creation and to look out over the stars and go, um, if you're there, I need you. Yes. And I I need... Yeah. I need more than just a diagnosis. I I need Mm. healing. And the kind of healing that... Mm. um, Doesn't look like affirming the messages of report cards and all the rest, but the kind of healing that Mm. affirms uh, dignity and um, everything that I felt in my parents' arms. Yes. And, um, yeah, I guess I was 13. Mm. And um, I looked up for a plate of nachos um, at Wembley. Food court on a Saturday night, and said to my sister Alicia and my mum and dad,
2: mm.
3: "I want to follow Jesus." And wow. I burst into tears, and my sister started crying, and then my mum started crying, and then dad started crying. Wow! And uh, then we talked about what that meant and how it would mean things would change. And um, as a kid, I my frustration. Um, with not doing well, I probably dealt with it by uh, being quick with my tongue and being quick witted. And when that didn't work, Nate, mm. being quick with my fists, yeah. and knowing that um, if I was going to follow Jesus, that that stuff had to die. Yes. Um, that that way of looking at myself, where I don't respect myself, mm. had to die, and um, not respecting those who would tease or give a hard time and that next Sunday morning mum and dad were part of a house church and they called together a group of friends and people stood around the pool and sang songs like I've decided to follow Jesus and
2: mm-hmm.
3: mm. um, my dad baptised me uh, in the swimming pool wow. as people sang No Turning Back and um, I have been on that journey of mm. Trying to, trying to practice the love that I feel in the silence, yes. that I experience in the stars, um, and make that my way of being. And some days are better than others, no?
1: Hmm. What about your journey towards nonviolence?
3: Yeah, that's fine. Like, I can't separate the two (laughs) at all. Like, to say Jesus for me, um, I've a mate Muhammad Dugli, and when I I used to head up something called Together for Humanity, which Mm. was started by Rabbi Zalman Castell and um, Red Zalman, he uh, he and I would run these workshops together, and we were running workshops in the Northern Territory, Mm -hmm. um, And uh, a friend, Muhammad Dugali, came with us. And uh, so a a rabbi, a pastor, and a Muslim walked into a school. It sounds like a a joke, joke, right? Um, (laughs) Yes. And uh, yeah, we'd go on these car trips to remote Aboriginal communities in Northern Mm. Territory where we're talking... In school, to school children about our different faiths and how, um, uh, it's actually in our difference that we can learn from each other and appreciate where we're coming from. And, um, uh, yeah, Mohammed said to me, your, your God is not great. Your, your God is weak. Your, your God can die. What kind of God is that? Um, and it's a really good point. Like it's a, Hmm. what, what he, what he was pointing out very clearly, and, you know, spending the last eight years of my life living daily with um, friends who um, are Muslim Mm. uh, and and sharing my home with with friends who are Muslim, um, it's very clear to them to open up the Gospels and to... To call on the name of Jesus means that you're dealing with a God whose greatness is mm. the kind of love you see at Calvary.
1: Yes.
3: And we try and turn that into something that's merely spiritual. I heard it at um, uh, a Christian primary school's uh, recital recently, and um, my kingdom is not in this world, which is such a shocking translation. Yes, of, it
1: is a shocking translation.
3: Um, my kingdom is not like this world or um, of this world Mm. of the same substance of the same kind, but it's certainly in, um,
1: it's for this world.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And whenever we, we see love, wherever we see Mm. mercy and compassion, we see um, God's kingdom. Mm. And uh, um, I think if, if more Christians uh, spent time with the cross isn't merely the way that um, God deals with sin, but is actually the way that we're delivered Mm. from sin. Wow. Um, The kind of power we see in Jesus Mm. is a power that in the 20th century... Has been referred to as non-violence um, in terms of like social change theory, and in the twenty-first century, I think we need to ask questions of whether that's still helpful.
2: Sure.
3: Yeah. Um, I think it's much more like uh, trans-violence, or it, it's um, it's a transformation of.
2: Mm that mm.
3: stuff not the avoidance of that stuff and that that's why in terms of nonviolent mm. theory you, you write it without a hyphen um so it's it's one word so you know with a hyphen it's like a crime like a nonviolent crime is a crime like um you know theft mm. where somebody hasn't been held up by gunpoint sure uh, but nonviolence is actually it's a it's a way of naming that love Mm. that you feel when you look at the stars. Yes. Um, it's a, um, So maybe it's appropriate to talk about non in terms of hmm. like an apathetic spirituality. Like, yeah, that sure. That it's, um, it's uh, to name it in the positive, love, we, we risk uh, limiting it. Um, but to, to name it as... The opposite of uh, of all that you know dehumanizes and mm. demonizes and destroys and diminishes um, that which is of God, that mm. which is the image of God, um, and as one of my heroes who um, I had the incredible privilege of running workshops with Reverend Jim Lawson would talk about that. Uh, nonviolence is a power
2: Mm.
3: Um, and so something of my journey has been Mm. trying to connect the reality that to call on the name of Jesus is to say about God Mm
1: -hmm. that God is love yes,
3: and the kind of love that we see at Calvary and the kind of love that has conquered the grave Mm. and the kind of love that longs to live in us
1: yes I guess in a way that's why we can't have that one question which talks about your journey with Jesus and then your journey towards non-violence because to understand Jesus is to understand the way of love which is nice, a nice non-violent yeah. way
3: yeah and that's uh, like i love that you talk about faith not in a box but um faith is mm-hmm. um your vision how, how you see yes things and um uh to spend time with Jesus you need to come up with a way of talking about how he fights without harming Mm. um and so maybe like oscar romero we could talk about the violence Hmm. of love um Mm. but a love that does not harm that Mm. heals yes um but it's to it's to approach a a poetry to talk about that way which is it's not passivity but nor is it becoming like that which we hate Mm. and it's it's this creative force that we see in every interaction in Jesus's life. Like there, there is a, um, people who don't think Jesus is funny. I have a hard time listening to their preaching (laughs) because what Jesus does with power dynamics Mm, and the different kind of power that he operates, like think of any story, you know, about Jesus and there's, there's a mischief. There's a, um, there's a larrikinness. Yes. Uh, and, In terms of the Holy Spirit's work in our life, that's Mm. been my experience as as well.
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. So what is nonviolence, actually? (laughs) Because, yeah, how would you describe it?
3: Yeah. I love that the Gospels don't use that term.
2: Mm.
3: Um, And in fact, uh, many people would jump into, like, Paul's writing and talk about, (laughs) or or the, you know... apostle john and talk about love
2: Mm -hmm.
3: um but in the synoptics you're much more likely to have talk of the cross Mm. or it is to take up your cross yes and that jesus sets his face like flint um and we can be quick to pick up that jesus calls us to something other than the zealot option Mm. and miss that jesus also calls us out of the the sadducees and um the herodian option of compromising with coercive corrupt Mm. political and economic powers yes and if you have one without the other um uh you can end up shaking your fist or wagging a finger at revolutionaries Mm. um and calling them to a kind of passivity uh or shaking your fist at um, those who are compromised with the system without embodying something Mm. different. Mm -hmm. Um, But nonviolence in itself um, Mm. is often the term that's used uh, in the English-speaking world uh, for the tradition that uh, Gandhi in particular popularised with his um, cocktail of taking... uh, Tolstoy and um, Thoreau and the Bhagavad Gita mm-hmm. and um, the Sermon on the Mount. And yes. he, he ran a competition and actually he let his nephew win it. It was a competition run mm. in his newspaper, which, I, you know, you're not supposed to allow family members to win prizes, right? Okay. right? Isn't that a bit... But the, the term that... So passive resistance is sure. the term that um, Tolstoy
2: sure.
3: was using at the time. Yes. Um, and it didn't capture what gandhi saw in the sermon on the mount yes. and so his nephew's suggestion was such graha and such graha um translates as truth or soul force mm. or strength yes um so it's truth force or truth strength or soul force or soul strength and mm. that was a term that was um that was used uh but I, I actually think it's, there are forms of nonviolence, and one, some good reasons to push back against nonviolence
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, is if it's the kind of nonviolence of the Sadducees and Herodians. Like Caiaphas uh, is into a form of nonviolence where it's like, um, call the zealots to put down their swords, um, and l- l- let's see if we can do a deal uh, that'll mean the least amount of blood. Is shed. Right. Even if it means that, um, uh, that good man Jesus, to use, um, Pullman's term, mm. um, uh, it better that he gets it than the whole community fall apart. Yeah. Um, interesting. and instead, of a nonviolence that is actually naming a mystery, which is that power mm. which is not becoming like your oppressor. But, um, actually frees us from oppression that's much harder and mm. uh, i mean my 1st nonviolent direct action mm. was in 2002 in october mm. pine gap u.s military base 20ks outside of our springs in australia and yep. Yep. um you know it's it's after dozens and dozens and dozens of different actions over the years um that you're you're experimenting with a power Mm. much like electricity um and yeah some of the saddest things for me is that you know being paid by greenpeace to train their activists Mm. in what jesus teaches and seeking to teach it in Mm. the church where there's sometimes so much resistance to Mm.
1: it interesting isn't that (laughs) I think you've alluded to some of the different ways or some of the different forms of non-violence that exists in the world, so different different groups, different traditions. And you have alluded to as well about what makes Jesus somewhat different. Is there anything else you would like to say about that? What makes Jesus his way of doing non... Or his way of being, I guess we should say, which is the way of love which is different from perhaps someone like a Gandhi or Someone like a. I'm not sure if you've got any other particular theories in mind. What what makes. Sure, I mean, distinct? it's,
3: you know, you could talk about Bud Sharkhan or Vandana Shiva,
1: mm.
3: our own Josephine Valentine or um, Vincent Lingyari. Mm. Um, so
1: these are different forms of.
3: Uh, th- these are, are different heroes um, mm. of, you know, the, the Ella Bakers, the um, Bayard Rustins, the, these great leaders of. Mm this uh, um, alternative form of power, Mm. um, the the practice of democracy. I mean, one of the things that makes Jesus, there are other Mm. um, uh, forms of Jewish nonviolent protest um, just prior to, to Jesus as well, but one of the things that Makes it so unique about Jesus is that he insists that it's the way. Uh, like to mm. to jump into um, John's Gospel, which might be a sort of strange thing to do for some if talking about um, the historical case, but it's very clear for the early church community reflecting mm. on um, Christ's life this side of the resurrection mm-hmm. that um, this way of nonviolence is jesus and yes. he is the way and the truth and the life mm. and there is there is no way to the mystery mm. of who god is other than through mm. this way of jesus yes. and so what it is to to reject both the 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 passive violence of benefiting from unjust and mm. Uh, corrupt social systems mm. on one side or the the, the active nihilistic mm. um taking up arms in in reaction mm. um which is often suicidal because you don't have the same kind of um strength but desmond tutu called it a force more powerful mm. and you know tutu he he um thought there was a place for uh not just war but just revolution yeah that's Um, interesting yeah and uh instead of this being about moralizing games of um is violence right or is violence wrong um, his much more interesting question of what is this force more powerful Mm. Mm. or um reverend lawson (laughs) told me that martin luther king's first question and um reverend jim lawson trained martin luther king wow um And Dr. King's first question is, uh, what about power? Mm. Like, King's interest wasn't some kind of moral purity. Mm. It was a a moral vision of society transformed. And so many Christians separate um, the way of the cross, this Mm. way of suffering love, which isn't passive, but Mm. it's an active provocation, um, uh, faithful to that mystery that jesus names Mm. um and more than names uh imitates and invites us into yes um to to be in christ like i'm always fascinated that the passages that uh, i no longer call you servants Mm. because servants you know they're they're not in on what the program is Mm. here's the program so now you're friends you
2: yes
3: you, you share in this way that is neither becoming like Rome mm. uh, nor benefiting from Rome mm. n- nor nihilistically giving up that there must be let's push hope of a world transformed into mm. once we die but what it is to be prepared to die but never kill
1: yeah yeah
3: I mean I, Nath, I, f- I constantly find it fascinating mm. what Christians take literally and what they take metaphorically <laughs> and yes um it, you know, you know.
1: <laughs> we will be we'll, we'll believe a literal seven days creation, but we won't take. <laughs> so take
3: up your cross is always left as a metaphor.
1: Yes. <laughs> and
3: um, for some of us, you know, it's a um, crude kind of metaphor that we don't know what to do with and for mm. some of us it's a sophisticated metaphor about holding tensions of you know um, taking part in systems that we're not completely comfortable with and yet seeking to hold on to our ideals and mm. um all that stuff seems pretty abstracted away mm-hmm. from what she is talking about yes. like um uh what's this way of revolution mm. that might actually get you killed yes but where you refuse to kill yes Wow. So Daniel Berrigan said, like, if, uh, actually it was Philip Berrigan, his mm. brother, he said, if you're going to follow Jesus, you better look good on wood.
1: Wow. Yes.
3: Yeah. Like, what if crucifixion actually means crucifixion? Mm. Mm. Um, but if, if we're honest, most people want the kingdom without the way of the cross. Wow. Or they want the cross as a mechanism, not the way way our messiah conquers yes. so a mechanism for my forgiveness for my salvation but the way that we get in is the way that we go on that's yes. how Wimber talked about it and i think he's right yes um we've got to be able to connect that the gentleness of the holy spirit which is a power mm. to transform life mm. is the power we're invited to
1: practice yes i think you alluded to it before that this is a way so in that sense, what is, what is this way trying to achieve? What's, what's the end goal of living a life of love that we've often dubbed as a way of nonviolence?
3: Yeah, like if that is going to be a way of describing this power, hmm. um, the, to, to lose the kingdom from any talk of the cross... Hmm. Um, is to lose the ends of which the cross is the means mm. mm-hmm. um, but in another sense, like you know it's again it's the poetry that only makes sense when you spend time in the silence with the stars mm. but the the cross is the kingdom you yes. you want to see what the world transformed mm. looked like mm. um, look at Jesus hanging on a yes on a cross, yes, so I mean the um the ends, the goal, the telos of everything is, mm. um, what Paul puts at the kingdom of God is justice and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Not mm. a matter of games about dietary requirements and in and out of <laughs> yeah. who can you eat with and who you can't, and mm. we've missed it with religious ridiculousness yeah. Yeah. Um, to try and draw really firm lines, mm. and Paul's like, it's justice and peace and joy in the holy spirit yeah so i don't trust people that have no joy Mm. um i some of the most joyful people i know live with a deep sense of grief i I just lost uh one of my mentors rev Garlet is how we're referring to him in sorry sorry business instead of using um his other names Mm. And he was so acquainted with the grief of his own people and their oppression, Mm. um, the reality of deaths in custody for Aboriginal people, um, the reality of of poverty and addiction, Uh, and yet he was filled with so much joy.
2: Mm. Wow.
3: And yet his whole life longed for Mm. a justice which healed. Yes. While, you know... You and I—we know some Christians, and when they talk about justice, it doesn't sound much like Jesus. Mm. <laughs> like it's, what type of justice are we talking about? It's—it's um, it's retributive. Mm. It's punitive. It's—it's yeah. um, it's revenge dressed up as ideals.
1: Yes. Wow. Yes. Goodness. Goodness gracious! It is. So, for the Talos, the end goal of history of that of. A world made right of that of justice, of that of, as I think we've said before in previous conversations, that of the beloved community, Yeah. the way, the means, so to speak, is, is the way of love. And, yeah. and we. I'm just choosing to use the word non-justice for the, I mean, yeah. like non-violence yeah, yeah. for the sake of a um, discussion, but certainly the way of love, the way of non-violence is...
3: Really, what we're talking about is mm. how does God save?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Like at its core,
3: yeah. At and, its core, um, uh, is the cross what? Where does Jesus' cross give us the power to take up our cross or avoid our cross?
1: <laughs> wow, wow! Um, and that's the challenging question, isn't it? It's the question we must face as well.
3: Well, not, man. I mean, so many of us like just yeah. <laughs> just don't right and, and that's what Give i was the fake like, statement that in, in so many assent
1: to but not yeah practice. totally <laughs>
3: like and the you know in um in the climate justice movement mm. or in uh the love makes away movement yes. i i'm disturbed by people who talk about mm. non-violent purity too much instead mm. of talking about the reality of children in detention yes like, if your concern is for your innocence mm. um, or your ideological purity and it's mm. not for those who are suffering, mm. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> G- give, me, mm. give me somebody mm. who um, is actually willing to do something drastic mm. to see people set free yes. and they're easier to actually train Mm. in this way than somebody who cares more for how clean their hands are or how it's perceived or how uh, you know i think that's why half of jesus's disciples are zealots
1: yeah right yes Yes.
3: um and the other half Mm. are those who are exploiting Hmm. Mm. their sisters and brothers to make a buck from the occupation
1: Yeah, yeah 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 that's it wow and he call and 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 that's also the grace of god as well that he calls both groups unto a different way of living moving having that being which would yeah. be a call for repentance as well like even as you were speaking then i was like oh i can be that person i can be the 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 one who goes oh are they acting in non-violent ways in those protests or in xyz whereas i should be more concerned of like what are they trying? what what's what well, they're trying to achieve here, what's—and that's not to say we don't have questions about how we—the means, of course—but um.
3: but these questions shouldn't mm. ever be abstract. Yes, like
1: yes, and that's—and that's my point. Yes,
3: yeah. Like to to bring it back to what we experience in prayer, mm. which you know, um, that's what I'm talking about yes. when I talk about spending time with the stars. Like, mm. um, it's that intimacy actually mobilized mm. for movements to change the world
2: yes
3: and it I mean it works like in 1989 mm. alone you had 14 nonviolent revolutions around the world mm. um, 13 of which were successful 12 of which maintained their non-violence wow. and um, included 1.6 billion people in wow. the world involved and wow. it wasn't out of a sense of ideological purity yes. or um, uh, Jesus is Lord. Mm. It's that this is what is effective. We don't have the tanks. Mm. Um, w- w- we can't pay these corrupt systems more than mm, the right. corruption is actually working. Yes. What we're left with is working out a different kind of power. Mm. And so, you know, it's a reality of... Um, I ran my first workshop mm. on, on violent social change mm. in... Two thousand and two. Yes. Wow. Um, and you know, particularly while running empowering peacemakers in your community, we ran thousands of workshops with thousands and thousands of people each year. Mm. And sometimes it's Christians who are the most like, ideologically committed
2: yeah, to
3: right. nonviolence can't work. Yes. Like, what about Hitler? What about... that's like, well, let's talk about history. Let's talk mm. about the reality that the most effective resistance to the Nazis was oh. in Denmark, where more mm. Jews' lives were saved wow. than any other place. Mm. And it was done so without violence, wow. not out of a commitment to the lordship of Christ, mm. not out of a commitment to some ideological purity with mm. the theory of pacifism, mm. but because it's the tools that they had yes. at hand yes. and... That's what would work. Yes. And so the amazing thing for me, um, and pastorally for, for people trying to say, mm. what you experience in prayer, mm. that power that has transformed you, mm. um, that which you trust when you spend time with Jesus that God is like, mm. that same power wants to work in us. Yes. And through us. Yes. That the love that saved us is is the love that we're empowered to yes. live. Yes. Um. And we don't have to call it nonviolent, particularly if that's not a term that's helpful. But we just need to realize that it means mm. renouncing all forms of dehumanization, demonization, mm. Mm. denigration, destruction of another.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: And on the other side of that, when we're left going, well, if if greatness isn't those things, mm. well, what's greatness if yep. it's not coercive power? Mm. That's a beautiful question.
1: That is. My goodness. Oh. On a more practical level, and let me preface this with telling you a little bit of a, a story, perhaps, <laughs> um, and then I'll like and then I'll lead into the question just to set the tone. So, for example, where I work, um, there can often be a lot of violence yeah. in a particular. Uh, people i work with and one thing that we've been taught is that of restraint mm-hmm. and I, i'm curious that as kind of the tone of where i'm going with this question what does non-violent look like on the ground in situations like that like yeah i guess here, here's here's another spin on what i'm trying to get at here um is non-violence synonymous with non-physicality or is there a way we can use our bodies differently and? Even if you can perhaps even play with the example of restraint, like is restraint violence or is it something else? Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. Like how do we use our bodies differently and like on the ground and in in these ways?
3: Yeah. I mean, um, there there are so many like beautiful examples, and that's where Mm -hmm. the non actually becomes completely. Mm-hmm. unhelpful yes, yes. Uh, because we're not talking about not doing something yes, uh, yes we're talking about what it is to take the creative initiative that's faithful mm. that speaks to um, how the world has been transformed yes mm. um, uh, so <laughs> to, to think about it instead around like mm. literally name any interaction Jesus has. Mm with someone in the Gospels and let's open it up practically in terms of what it looks like there. So name the interaction Jesus has with someone and we'll open it up. Mm,
1: mm. The temple scene is a classic example. Sure. um... Yeah. Yeah, let's start uh, there.
3: um, Whether we're in the synoptics um, Mm. or whether in John 2, Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, the physicality of of Mm. making a whip Mm. So it's clearly premeditated. Mm. Uh, mm. Or in Mark's gospel, there is a clear indication that, you know, um, right in Palm Sunday, yes. Hosanna, Hosanna, mm. Jesus mm. goes to the temple, cases the joint, mm. then comes <laughs> back on Holy Monday. Yeah, wow. Well. And I would love to see during Holy Week more time spent on Holy Monday. Mm. Imagine if um, uh, Christians, in the in the same way that, um, you know, during Holy Week they, they might... Um, uh, you know, fast on Friday or mm. um, uh, remember communion on, on Thursday that on Monday Christians took part in non-violent direct action Yeah, like in, yeah, in yeah. faithfulness to okay. and we did that in the um, second ever Love Makes Away action and Love Makes Away yeah, right. ended okay. up becoming the the largest faith-based non-violent direct action movement in Australia's history
2: yeah. Yeah.
3: and and um, uh, with Jesus in the temple, it's clearly premeditated, which is mm. really important. Mm. So this isn't an accident. This isn't Jesus kind of going, um, you know what? I've had enough, and yeah. I know this is bad timing it with isn't sporadic. it being actually, Passover it yes, and yes. all the Roman military in town because they're really nervous about mm. our festival to a God who hears the cries of the oppressed, and mm. they're expecting uprising at this time. But actually, mm. I've lost my temper, and mm. here's a little bit of violence.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: this is premeditated prophetic action, which isn't about mm. cleansing the temple, quote unquote, mm. but um, is about enacting God's judgment yeah. in such a way yes. that um, speaks to the reality of the situation. Mm. Mm, so
2: absolutely.
3: what it is to to go in, mm. um, to turn over tables, and people are like, oh, well, is that violent? The question is not, like, is it violent? Mm. Who, who does it harm?
2: Yeah. Mm. Like, who
3: to like the what about the animals? The, the whip is to drive out an animal, yeah. Like, um, yes, what Walter Wink talks about in Engaging the Powers that this is the first act mm. of animal liberation recorded in history. <laughs>
1: I love that. that.
3: You know, the animals are there <laughs> to yes. be sacrificed, Nate, yes. right? Like, yeah, yeah, the,
1: totally. Yeah, temples, um, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So,
3: in terms of Jesus's quote unquote violent action, mm. I, I think it's actually a supreme example mm. of mm. like premeditated yes. nonviolent, prophetic yes. action yes. where um uh th- there is a sense of um you know street theater yeah, of totally. a- in the same way that in the love makes way movement we mm. had a dress code so those who had collars you mm. wore them for those of us who are from traditions where mm. we don't have the fancy get up um <laughs> uh it was wearing Uh, business where it's because Mm. we're engaging in an action where it's to be perceived in a certain way Mm. that this isn't um play acting yes um uh but it is non-theatrical performance art and uh we're enacting a a truth so whether it's you know um uh, nuns and priests Mm. and a few Mm. rabbis and Mm. a whole bunch of pastors Mm. and worship leaders going in and uh Mm. you know singing hymns and yes. uh, praying prayers in politicians' offices until children are released mm. or were arrested mm. um, or turning over tables, there is a clear sense of mm. Uh, mm. A, a confrontation with not individuals but powers. Mm. So you yes. can start to go through, to go back to your example yeah, of, totally. okay, what do I do in the school situation? Yeah, totally. What, how much training has the school done around, mm. like, <laughs> nonviolent intervention? Like yeah. the... Yeah the reality of situations where um, uh, I lived in a community where we had, um, we practiced hospitality for eight years for people who mm. were coming out of dra- jail and um, often coming off drugs and mm. Mm. Um, otherwise people who would be otherwise homeless. Mm. And uh, there were experiences where people would get very upset and what it is to train a group of people that in those kind of situations, everybody would just sit on the ground. Mm. So you imagine somebody starts yelling and maybe picks up something and threatens somebody mm. and then the other eight people in the room mm. all sit on the ground. Yeah, well, yes. Automatically you change the dynamics. There's, there's something else going on in it.
0: Well, that was part one of two of my conversation with my friend Jared McKenna. Between now and next week, make sure you follow Jared on Facebook by finding him under his name, Jared McKenna, or on Twitter and Instagram at Jared McKenna, all one word. Also, listen to his own podcast, Inverse Podcast, where him and his mate, Drew Hart, explores ways the Bible can turn the world upside down. And we'll see you again one week from now, where we will launch into part two of this conversation with Jared McKenna as we talk about the way of love, done in non-violence. That's it for this episode of Deeper and Wider. If you like what you heard, then please rate this episode on your podcast provider and share with your friends. To follow my work, then find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Nathan.Forster or find me on either Twitter or Instagram at Nathan Deeper and Wider is part of the Expansive Faith Network. To see more content like this podcast or to support our work, head over to expansivefaith.com. Until then, keep on seeking and go deeper and wider.